And I think the reason that a lot of creatives these days find themselves depressed, confused, filled with anxiety, and filled with self-hatred is because they have exchanged. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by changemakers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I am your host, Lucas Grobot, and today we are having a, a special episode. I was invited to be on a podcast, Dubai Jiggy, run by Nareem. Uh, Dubai Jiggy is a new podcast that's just come out. Um, she has amazingly already recorded like 40 episodes. And uh, I was honored when she asked me to be a guest on her show. So I showed up, we did a show together, and uh, the show will probably air in a few months from now. But there was a conversation, part of the conversation that we had that was really juicy. It felt hot, it felt fresh, and I wanted to strike when the fire, when the iron was hot. And so she sent over the podcast. I cut this section of it, and that is what we're playing for you today, talking about creativity and the process of what we are doing, who we are as people, and what we do as creatives. You talked about, I want to digress a little bit. You talked about, you know, what does it mean to be creative? And this is actually something I wanted to talk about today is I've been thinking about it the last um, couple of weeks. You know, as creatives, what our role is, is to take something that's in the dark, yeah. something that's unknown, something yeah. that exists in chaos, and we come in with, with truth. And yeah. so when I say truth, you know, in the Greek, in the Greek, well, it's, it's the word, like as creatives, we come in with the word and we transform what is chaotic and unknown and we bring it into light, we bring it into order and we bring it into the known realm. And we do this through what the Greeks would call the logos, which is the word, which is the creative power, which... Mm. Um, really is another way of truth, right? Because that logos in the Greek is like, that is what truth is. And so as creatives, our role is to go into the chaos, into the darkness, and transform that into something that is of order. So in, even if you think of the, the laws of thermodynamics, right? Something from chaos can never become ordered unless something orders it, yeah. right? So if you look at the universe, like it is like the evolution theory is just in my mind, absolutely impossible because yeah. how can from chaos order be created unless someone is ordering. Yeah. And even, you know, I was talking with someone else just uh, yesterday, um, El Tamash, great friend, uh, amazing photographer we were talking about this maybe it was two days ago um the talking about how you know the big bang because the, the universe is expanding from one central point yeah. out right if the explosion of the big bang was just a little bit stronger yeah atoms would not have been able to bond together at all and everything would have disintegrated and spread out, there'd be no such thing as planets, no mm -hmm. such thing as a star. 
if it was a little weaker, it would have fallen back on itself and collapsed. Yeah. So it's like it's just the right amount of energy to create. So did it create order? No, something created order. There, all of all of the science, everything is pointing to that. There was something outside of this time-space continuum that created, and that from that place created order, created life, because out of chaos cannot come order. So just the fact that the the position of the Earth, the 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 position, the fact that we have one moon, the distance from the moon from the Earth, all these things to make life possible. Yeah. And so when we talk about well, what does it mean to be creative, really what we're talking about is what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Because each and every one of us have been made in the image of God, which means we have been made to transform the chaotic into order, to, made to, to go out and explore the unknown and come back and order that or reorder that into something that is life-giving, that's beautiful. You know, what is beauty? You know, we talk about these things. And I think the reason that a lot of creatives these days find themselves depressed, confused, filled with anxiety, and filled with self-hatred is because they have exchanged the truth of who they are as made in the image of God as made as creatives who are, who are born to take darkness and make it light. They have exchanged that for a lie. And what's that lie? What is the lie that we have exchanged it for? That we need to... That, our, that we need to work, we need to... That our bodies. value comes from not who we are as a human being, but we're just apes that somehow evolved. We're not made in the image of God. We're just the universe kind of energy strands. Mm. And while there is no absolute truth, it's just total relativism, mm. right? We have essentially said, this is what relativists mm. claim. They say, well, there's lots of different ways of viewing the world. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Totally agree. You have a different viewpoint mm. on the world than I have, than the person listening to this. So there's many different ways of yeah. viewing the world. Okay, that's a, that's a great premise. Mm. And then they take it one step further. Yeah. And they say, every way of viewing the world is equal. Mm. Is every way of viewing the world equal? No, no. never. There's a hierarchy of things. Even for us, even for me to be able to see your face, yeah. I have to create a hierarchy and focus on one thing. Yeah. Right. And so this is where we get mixed up because even if we don't necessarily verbally believe what I'm saying right now, there is an underlying uh, worldview that has sunk into our lives through secular humanism, through the media, through even what we're seeing with, um, you know, this, uh, I believe, propaganda about global warming. Mm. And it is saying that you as a human. Yeah. You are not important. You are actually a cancer on this earth. Mm-hmm. Right? You see the memes going around. It's like all the other planets are happy because they don't have humans on it. It's like, and, mm-hmm. you know, humans are destroying the environment. Humans are destroying the earth. 
yes, there are a lot of humans who have done um, horrible things and not taking care of our environment as they should. But it is actually coming out of a Lenin Marxist worldview that says that we are we do not have intrinsic value as human beings. Yeah. So this is all going somewhere. Back to this creative yeah. thing. We'll, we'll get there. Just bear with me. Yeah. So all of a sudden we believe, okay, well, I don't have intrinsic value as a human. Mm. So, okay, I need to work to produce, to create value, to create status, to create meaning, to yeah. create purpose for my life. But then we've said, well, what is meaning? What is value? What is purpose? Well, it's all relative. Yeah. Because every way is right. Everything is truth. Your truth and my truth, it's all relative. Well, once everything becomes relative, how can you have an aim in life? How can you know hierarchically which aim is better? Which way is better? Well, it's not better. Any way is fine. But is that true? It's not true. Yeah. Because we can, and so, and then, so this is where it goes from there, where they take it from there, is they say, well, there's no such thing as right or wrong. There's no such thing as good or evil. It's all relative. And so, yes, this phone as an object, it can be used or in a different situation. It can be good or it can be evil. If you take a knife and say, well, is the knife good or is it a knife evil? Or is it good or is it bad, right? And so, okay, well, when you're looking at this, the the contextual, every object can change. Yeah. And so this is where people try to trip others up, is they bring it, they bring it into a complex situation where they try to confuse based on saying, well, is the knife good or is the knife bad? Well, it depends on how you use it. Okay, we'll see. So there's no such thing as right or wrong. There's no such thing as good or evil. Mm. It's all relative. But where this leaves the creative, it leaves the creative in a place of anxiety and confusion, not knowing if how is this path a good path to go on? Is this path going to lead where I want it to? Is it or is this other path? Well, they're all relative. All those choices do not give freedom. And this is the lie we've believed. We want freedom. So we think, I need all these choices. The more choices I have, the more free I have. And the more choices we have, the more bound we are. Yes. And it's the limitations in our art that actually creates something, right? Mm. So what do we do then? How do we as creatives move past this place? Well, Shakespeare started to do it. Shakespeare took all the... All the contextual dinner table talks of morality, of good and evil, of right and wrong, and he abstracted it into story. And this is what we see in all Hollywood, Bollywood, Instagram, everything. All stories are just abstractions of the how we believe that the world functions, how, where we see the value in everything in, in the world. Yeah, this is true for like any um, world or region that had ancient gods and mythology. Absolutely. Right? Um, myth is more real than reality. Yeah. Right? Because myth is an abstraction mm. of 
pointing to values of cultural and social norms of saying what's acceptable and not acceptable so that we might be able to see, okay, well, the, the phone isn't, the phone is an object, but what's the value that's being placed on the object that can change, but the values don't change. And so then in order to get to truth, right, we started talking about our role as artists, our role as creatives or creators or change makers, you even use that in your intro, mm. is to activate change, is to take what is in darkness and chaos and create order and light and life from it, right? This is what we all want. Even your dream of going into having an NGO in every nation that's creating um, economic stability for people that is like, I think, a worthy dream that has higher value mm -hmm. than just doing watercolors, you know, and selling it at the little bazaar, right? That has a higher intrinsic value to it. Why? You're actually taking on a bigger and larger task, standing up against greater levels of malevolence, like evil, and helping more people in, in, a, in a measurable way. Right? So clearly a higher level. So that's our role. Our role as creatives is to take the chaotic and mm. order it into something that's beautiful, which is a scary thing. So, mm. And that takes truth to do. So we have this level here of first level, which is the dinner talk table or uh, dinner table talk where we're saying this is right, this is wrong. No, Johnny, you shouldn't hit your sister. No, Susan. You shouldn't gossip about your friends, right? Then we have the story, the level of story that teaches that, myth, as you said, that teaches that. But then there's another level of abstraction, which is morality. Yeah. And that is how we have to see the world. As artists, we must come to a place of recognizing and realizing what is morality. Where, where is truth, absolute truth? Where is the logos, the word? That, that separates good from evil. And when we enter into that place as artists and creatives and we're able to see with clarity that highest level, the highest abstraction of good and evil, then all of a sudden the way comes clear. Then all of a sudden we can then see the world differently because we're seen through a different lens and we're able to discern Wait, mm, that that argument here at the dinner table, it's twisting something. It's like in math when you divide by zero, mm. all of a sudden the equation goes wrong. You know, like That's, I think I do think it's harder to be an artist now than before. Yeah. Because I mean, just going back to what you said, if you look at the artist who painted the basilica or you know, mm -hmm. artists in painted all the murals in the churches in Rome, they had a very strong belief system. They did. And so the dedication and commitment that you see to creating works in the past, I don't see that anymore. And I work with 600 artists. Yeah. And it is this idea of whether whether I agree with this person's belief system or not, the fact that they have such a structured belief system kind of makes them a better artist. Yeah, it's the Versus, structure, yeah. Yeah. So true. What you said is exactly true. Um, 
there's a story of of this uh, deconstructionist artist mm. who built this house in somewhere in the Midwest of America. And he said, yeah, I, you know, built this house just throwing away all kind of constructionist ideas and, you know, nothing has a purpose in this house and the walls are all wonky and this, this, that. And the gentleman goes to him and says, oh, it's very interesting. He said, uh, what did you do with the foundation? He's like, what do you mean? Well, does the house have a foundation? It's like, well, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's where deconstructionism and relativism just totally falls apart. That there is that is all built out of, of a foundation of absolute morality to even get to that place. And it is like it is just a facade. And what you said is absolutely true. It's having the rigorous belief system and structure that gives us our boundary lines. The boundary lines are it's like a warm blanket around us, like having boundaries, having limits, knowing where those are and staying in those. That is what creates beauty because it's taking that chaos and taking truth, logos, that highest abstraction and melding it together into the now, which creates something that's beautiful that impacts people's life because we transform the unknown into the known. So I think this is where I think mental health comes in. Yes. I mean, out of the 40 interviews I've done, maybe 70% have spoken about how mental illness is a part of their life Mm -hmm. and how creativity helps them through that. And uh, being a musician Mm -hmm. has helped them, you know, help them with some mental illness they were suffering or being a comedian has or being a writer has. And it's this consistent, um, it's this consistent topic subject that's coming up through all my interviews. And I actually, I've been like reflecting that I, I feel like I'm so blessed to be such a, I mean, I've had I, in the last two years, I have had so many friends come to me and be like, you know, like, yeah, I struggle with this. And I had no idea even if I've known them my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm like, wait, am I too? Because everyone around me is like, do I also have, do I struggle with something? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I didn't know yeah. because it's so, it's everyone around me and I work with creatives. And I'll, and then like going back to what my dream was, I have this idea of what I need to create. Yeah, of course, I do have a lot of like dissonance. Every time I can't take this slimy world of business, I like go back into my cave and paint. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's not, maybe I just need to paint. Maybe that's just a dream. And I do have that. I go back and forth. But at the end of the day, I have so much hope for what one person can do for Mm -hmm. the world, you know? Absolutely. And that has to drive you, right? that has to take you through these things. And I'm realizing like it took me 10 years and I'm going to say it to become an entrepreneur. (laughs) It took me 10 years of bullshitting around in various industries, thinking that was my job. That was how I create order in this world Mm. and order within myself Mm. was by doing corporate jobs like everyone around me. And then it, it took me all this time to understand that's not, that's not who I am and what I need to do. And I can create impact and I can create community. Yeah. And I can't do that sitting in a nine to five job. No. Right. And it's much scarier and it's much harder. It takes much more risk. Right. Yeah. 
But then like 95% of the creatives I speak to are doing that. In the nine to five? They're in the nine to fives and they do it on the side as a hobby. Like very few people here. Um, globally, I wouldn't just say here. Globally, it's it, like being a successful artist is not easy to feed and support yourself or a family. No, it's right? not. So if 95% of all these creatives are living that, which I feel like I got out of, um, but and then they're using creating music or creating art or creating writing um, as a way to help themselves through whatever pain they're feeling at work, I don't think that's enough, right? I feel like they'll always be at this place where they need to find a way to self-soothe through creativity because they're stuck in this nine to five. It, but I mean, you're, I see what you're saying. I think the only flaw would be that we're, we're, we'd make an assumption to say that if you quit the nine to five and just did your art, that you'd be better. It's the assumption that the yeah. nine to five yeah. is causing the problem. Yeah, exactly. The nine to five, because the thing that a lot of people don't realize when yeah. you become like you or me, we're, we're freelancers or entrepreneurs and we don't have a nine to five is all of a sudden the structure of life falls out from underneath us. And that's, you know, the feeling. Yeah. It's scary. I was just on a coaching call yesterday about this. Yeah, and, and it goes, yeah. and that goes back to what we were saying before. It's that it's the limitations. It's the structure that adds health in our life. And so many see the nine to five as a jail cell, right? In many ways for a lot of people mm. it is. And so I'm not saying that it's not, um, but it also provides stability. Oh, it yeah. also provides, you know, a structure in their life. It, it solves a lot of problems, which yeah. could actually be better for their mental health than if they were in a place where they didn't have a structure. They didn't have something that they were doing every day, a team that they were working with every day, goals that someone else said that they need to hit every day. So I, I just don't think we could, I don't, I think it would be a mistake to leap to the conclusion that them quitting the nine to five is going to help them when really there could be a lot of other stuff that's going on in their life. A lot of other things are hiding in the fog from their family, from their childhood, from their upbringing. And quitting their nine to five might only exasperate those issues and yes. dive them deeper into anxiety even more. And then they begin to resent their art as well. Yes. Yes, of course. And I do think it is the whole idea of being a creative um and having to create order for others or being a creative and um, making it successfully, that's not a reality for most creatives, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but where I think the problem arises is if they're living, they're doing the 95, living by other people's values. So, of course, I've met creative yeah. professionals well, maybe they work in advertising, maybe they work in music production, maybe they work for a creative agency. They love their jobs. They're creative and they don't hate it, right? Right. But you can find a different job. Exactly. Maybe, exactly. maybe your maybe the environment of your job is, you know, maybe it's a little toxic. Maybe like it's not a great environment. You can find a different job. So that's the thing. That's the most of the interviews I've had, it feels like they're in the job that 
like they're like waiting for six o'clock to get out of it. Yeah. And that's where that's where the whole idea of um, you know being disconnected with your own reality and therefore suffering through some kind of mm. mental illness. I'm not saying nine to fives are bad. I'm just saying right, being right. stuck in something like that you were prescribed to do, but is not for you, which I did for like 10 years. Totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, find a different job. Yeah. But I think part of the reason I maybe pushed back a little bit is like, right, you know, Instagram, oh, I want to be Instagram influencer. And you think that, oh yeah, being on the beach, I just want to retire, make it big, retire and like live on the beach the rest of my life. Digital nomad. It's like that, that like we, it's been painted that that's going to be a great reality, but really we were created to work. Mm. Like you, you're working, like you're like, we love to work. We love to create like as humans, like it does something to us. Now there's some, there's a difference between laboring underneath the sweat of our brow and like, which is like just hard grinding, just painful working in being under working under grace, if you will, working out of this place of our purpose of, of who we're created to be. I think there's a difference, but work is always involved. And, um, there's something very therapeutic, even about working with our hands, something that very therapeutic about Building. Putting in a good day's work, building whatever it is, whether yeah. it's physically, um, or even through our craft or our art or organizationally, um, you know, so many people. You know, if you look at guys who are picking up garbage, like trash guys, you know, yeah. driving around the truck. If or you look at construction workers at the side of the road as they're digging, you know, out the sand, pulling out all that, you know, pumping out all that water from the rain. If you look at their faces they're smiling they're laughing a lot of them they're like they're talking and laughing but if you ask them after work how you know how was work today honey oh it was terrible mm. why well it's because what we've been like so we think we need to say but really they they're laughing through their their work because it does something to them so that was i mean i just don't want to i just don't want to like jump to this conclusion or I don't want listeners to hear like I should quit my job and that's going to solve my problems because probably your problems are not necessarily coming from your job or coming from your lack of ability to have a creative outlet, but your problems are coming from something deeper. And yeah. going back to psychology, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy tells us that our thoughts produce our emotions, our emotions produce our actions, mm. and our actions produce our thoughts, and it creates that cycle. And so if there's someone who's struggling with depression or anxiety or having mental health problems or suicidal thoughts, go and see a therapist. Don't think that quitting your, like quitting your job will only give you more time to think and giving you more time to think will only further mm. push you down that dark hole of depression yeah. and anxiety. Instead, there's stuff that's been hidden in the fog. There's yeah. untruths, there's deception, there's pain, there's wounds from the past. There's mm. things that we're hiding from, things that happen to us. There's painful things that happen to our lives as human beings, right? You can't, like, you can't deny it. So I would say, go, go and seek out a professional therapist. You know, we've, me and my wife, we've had to do that in our lives. Go and, like, 
take time out of our life and pay money and see a therapist to get stuff sorted out so we can become healthy and whole people. And that's the best decision that me and my wife have ever made. Um, I think, I mean, from what I've heard, it's more about if they feel like they're creating enough value through their jobs, right? So I'm not saying quit the nine to five, but the people, like, for example, I've had so much more pleasure and um, I had so much more comfort from the fact that I was working for a startup, meaning I was doing more mm-hmm. and impacting more and creating more versus when I worked for bigger companies where I was, I didn't feel like I was impacting anything or anyone. Right. So I find like the, a lot of the conversations I'm having, I'm obviously not never encouraging. I left a nine to five in a very premature stage. So I would never, ever advise other people to mm-hmm. do that. But at the same time, um, I, when people, when I have these conversations, my first thought is like, okay, what's the next best alternative? You know, go work for a startup. It's harder. It's longer hours, but maybe you'll feel that sense of satisfaction that you're not feeling totally. now. That's giving you some kind of anxiety. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I can, I can, but you're notice you're still working. You're actually, instead of working a nine to five, you're working like a, nine to 12. So then right? it's not about the nine to five, right? It's about feeling valued and being valued, being valuable. And, but the mistake is the mistake that right here, yeah. the crux of this conversation comes from the fact that we think that we need to produce to have value, that we need to be, that we need to work to have, to be valuable as a human being. But that's human nature. No. Yeah. I mean, you said it yourself that we need, I we love working. Work is good, but that's not where our value comes from. Our value comes from the fact that we were created in the image of God, that we are godlike by nature, and you have value as a human being no matter what. If, you know, heaven forbid, hmm. as I'm driving home, yeah. I get in a car accident hmm. and I become a vegetable on life support. I have value as a human being. I have value. We see value in an infant that's born, that can't talk, that can't do anything for itself. We see this. What I love about this country, UAE, they value kids with Down syndrome so much. They love people and kids with disabilities who are not able to give anything to the world. And it is a Lenin, Lenin, Marxist, communistic, socialistic worldview that is saying, unless you are giving a certain amount of value to the world, you do not have value as a human being. And that's what communism is. And that's what socialism is. And that is what is eating and destroying this generation to a huge, and it's what's driving a lot of this green thinking. Yeah, It's saying, oh, we as human beings are horrible people. We're the scum of the earth. And it's, it leads to nihilism. Yeah. And really, once you start down that road, where it ends up is it would be better if I was dead because every breath that I take is just eating up more oxygen and putting out more carbon dioxide. And no matter what I do, yeah. I'm producing waste. And I am not intrinsically valuable as a human being. And as wrong as that is, that is the case. 
that is what is causing this kind of cognitive dissonance yes. and this and uh, this surge of. It is a yes, lie. Of course. It is a Every lie human... that is destroying this yeah. generation that is being fueled. Like, I, I, I think that we need to take more better care of the environment, hands down. But socialist ideologies have weaponized mm. eco-friendliness to, to push a different agenda with a different propaganda underneath it. Why? For more power and more control. And that is an issue because people are buying into, right? There's the three levels. They're buying into the narrative. They're buying into this story and they don't realize it's, it's corrupting their worldview to not see themselves as valuable human beings to actually believe at a deep level, level that would be better for the world if they and if humans didn't exist. And that is a that is a lie. If you're listening to this right now, that is a lie that is going to eat up and destroy your life. You'll never, you'll never be able to do enough. In fact, the more that you do, the more guilty that you'll feel. Yeah. That's not how we're supposed to live as human beings. That's yeah. not who you're created to be. Mm. And that's something that as I've been thinking about it, as you can tell, very animated and passionate about why. Because it's eating my friend's lunches, right? It's eating lunch. It's like stealing from this whole generation. Yeah. It's stealing from us. And it's it's going to lead us down a scary road if we don't do something Yeah, about for it. sure. They're like people that I've either heard of or I've met who just don't want to take part in this system. And then they'll go away and just try and be sustainable, like grow their own food. And that's all, that's it. That's all they need. So there's like a family in Canada who have bought an area and created their own um, renewable energy system and created their own farm where they can grow everything on their own. So they don't have to take part in this economic world, mm -hmm. right? Economic system. And it's the whole idea of not having to, For them, it's like, art is this. This is art. This is us living for ourselves. You know, using, like, being kind to the world and the world giving back to us and not having to, like, toil night and day to feed a system that doesn't help us in any way and mm -hmm. help our health or mental health. But then even then, they were struggling because of currency. So many things that they need use currency. And to get currency, you need to be part of the system. Right. And, and I would phrase it differently to, yeah. to get currency, right? And you probably teach us, you need to add value, mm. right? Because it's like, I'm going to make money. Well, what do you mean you're going to make money? You're going to like literally like print money? Like, mm. what do you mean? Oh, well, in order to make money, you have to add value to the world. It's exchanging of value. And we created currency. Sadly, we got off the gold standard. But right before we trade gold as a sign of I added this much value to your life. And that's based on bartering. It's saying, I think, I think that this apple is worth one gold coin. So I'm going to sell it for one gold. Well, you think, well, no, I think it's only worth a half a coin. Okay, we barter three-fourths of a coin. We trade, right? 75 cents. Yeah. Right? So we trade. It's an exchange of value. Yeah. Right? And so when you isolate yourself, like this family has done, mm -hmm. 
And they said, I don't want to take part in this system. Really, they said, I don't want to add any value to the rest of the world. I'm, I no longer want to add value. Hmm. That's a problem. Okay, so what's the... You're saying that the system of exchange is right, but... I'm saying that through trading value, we actually help someone, right? So when when you go, let's take the ap- apple still. So when what you happens? go and you buy an yeah. apple, yeah, there's both parties win, hmm. right? You like value was created in that transaction. Yeah. So every time like I spend a hundred dollars. And I get $100 in value of return, we created a new $100. Okay. But then... Because I mean, we created $100 of value. So if I pay for your consulting services, yeah. I, I give you $100, I just got $100 in value and you got $100 in cash. Mm. So it's $100. You then go and buy a new phone for $100. You got $100 in value. They have $100. Now we have... $200 was created. Do that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth time. All of a sudden, we created $1,000 of value from the same dollar bill. Yeah. So we're creating value as we go. And as we create value, we help people. Because it's through the creating of value, it's through capitalism that has lifted people out of poverty, given people education, given people electricity, given people sanitation given lowered the the infant mortality rate you know better health care increase our lifespan and it's that transaction that's actually helping people okay so in order to create this value you do need to work right if you feel like you're not creating value to the system it goes back to the conversation we were having where people there's like an underlying issue with people thinking they need to work to be a valued member of society. So, yeah. So I think there's, I see what you're saying. So as a human being, yeah. we, we have value. Yeah, of course. But if you want to get money in your bank account, you have to give, give value in some way. You have to add value to someone else's life in some way to get dollars in your bank account. Hmm. Otherwise, we're just sitting around as entitled little snobs saying, yeah. well, the government should do this. Why isn't the government doing that? Well, you know, my parents should give me this. Yeah. So then that going back to what we were saying, it's so we work, people don't feel like they're we, given, we work yeah. from our value, not for our value. That's the difference mm. is that we work. I work from hmm. knowing that I am a loved, valuable human being. Hmm. I live my life out of the place of knowing I'm loved and I am valuable. Yeah. And it's a reality. It's not just like I, I and like made it up and like said enough times and I believe it. It's a reality in my life yeah. that I am living out of the place of knowing that I am loved and valuable, not based on what I've done. Yeah. But 
that compels me to actually go out and do good in the world and love others and add value to other people's lives and face the darkness and benevolence of the world in the face and say, I am going to lose myself, lose my life, lay down my entitlements for the sake of someone else. And I'm going to take on that darkness, that chaos, and I'm going to transform it into order and light and give it to someone else because that is a valuable act. Mm. So the difference is not that, well, I know that I'm valuable, so chaos, I'm done with my life. It's, I know that, so then I'm going to do something, but it's not the other way around where we have to stack up our good and our bad and good works and bad works and how much value am I adding versus how much am I taking? What's my eco footprint, right? The whole green thing is just, it's just another religion. It's just another, what's your eco, your carbon footprint? Mm. Are you, is it lower? Is it higher? You know, it's happening in, in China. Like, what's your what's your social score and that's inhibiting people from being able to ride a train or fly like these things are happening and so yeah from that place of saying okay what i do to the world defines my value that's wrong it's saying because i'm valuable i do in the world yeah but the issue arises if the value systems that you're trading with are not aligned right so expound on that yeah so say the people i'm talking about who don't are suffering in some way because they don't feel valued or they're not providing value and they think that's who they should that's what they should be doing like like you said be a part of be a part of society right to be a part of society you have to exchange value if they are say working for a company that they don't feel exchanges the right kind of value or taking back too much in terms of what they're giving, there's going to be some kind of misalignment. Sure, there's going to be some sort of cognitive dissonance. And that's what's happening. But that's, I think but what, what I'm saying is yeah. that's like one level. And my guess is yeah. that IBM or Amazon or Apple or whoever is not the problem. Like noon.com is not the problem. The company that they're working for is not the actual problem that they're experiencing. Hmm. It is just another symptom of deeper issues in their life that needs to be sorted out. Because sure, if you're working for a morally bankrupt and corrupt company that you believe are doing terrible things to people Hmm. in the world, yeah, you should quit. Like, why would you want to like be a part of a company that's, you know, stealing from people, if you will, right? But probably for most people, you know, they they look at their job, whether it's laying bricks or or serving burgers, as saying, well, it's it's not enough in my life. But it's because we've lost mm-hmm. the vision, the transcendent vision of how we're actually impacting people's lives mm-hmm. and how a waiter at a restaurant can transform someone's life and someone's experience if they see the transcendent vision. Like in Europe, if you were a bricklayer in Europe, what were you building 200 years ago? You're building, or 500 years ago, you're building cathedrals. Yeah. Well, I'm just a bricklayer. I'm not adding enough value in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you're, a, you're, you're, part, uh, you're an artist. 
Mm. And you're, you're building something that's of beauty. You go to Europe and you see these beautiful cathedrals, right? Yeah. And it's a place where people then interact with the transcendent and the divine. And that's adding an enormous amount of value. But if we, and this is what I, you know, back to the very first question of what do I do? This is what I do. I help companies see what is the, that, like, what are you actually doing? And are you communicating that internally and externally? So people yeah. see, well, we're not laying bricks. We're connecting people with in society, in community, with the way of life, mm. with meaning, with purpose. But the disconnect, so what, if someone's saying my work is the problem, I don't think that's the problem. You're going to get into another job and the work is going to be the problem in another six months. The problem is in here in, in our minds, in our hearts, in our minds of what we believe of, of the experience that we've had in the world and the, the worldview that we have adopted. Hmm. That is the problem. The worldview that we've adopted, the things that we believe, because it's the things that we believe at the highest abstraction. Yeah. That boils down into the narratives that we agree with and that boils down into our, our conversations at dinner and how we treat one another. And that is where the rub is. And we have to unpack all of that as mm. human beings. And we have to come to the truth. We have to bring the, the, the pain and the deception and the, the hardships in our life out on the table. And we need to rectify those things. Yeah. And we need to come to the place to begin to ask questions like, what do I believe and why do I believe it? And where do these beliefs lead to? Hmm. Like, what's the end result of this thought? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Own the Future. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Um, I personally, I love this episode. I love the content matter, the depth, the intricacies. Um, I, I walked away from this conversation being thinking to myself, that is a fire episode. And I hope that you thought so too. So please, one, share this with a friend. Two, go out and check out Nareem's podcast to buy Jiggy. The link is in the show notes. And number three, remember, you are a valuable human being because you're made in the image of God. That is all. I'm Lucas Grobot. You are a change maker. And this is where destiny is woven. Remember, if you own your story, you'll own the future. I have so many taglines right now. I need to find one that I can land on. But I'll see you next time.